Hi, this is Bernie Casey speaking, and you're listening to On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond, your source for the latest in movie remakes, sequels, rumored upcoming movies, and the latest in upcoming releases on TV and movie DVD releases. That's right. It's all right here. This is Brian with you once again. And this episode is, of course, number 36. And on our interview segment, we have as our guest actor Bernie Casey, who has portrayed many memorable characters on film, including U.N. Jefferson from Revenge of the Nerds, Felix on the James Bond movie, Never Say Never Again, and so many more. He's been on TV. He was an NFL pro football player for years back in the 60s. He has a film out on DVD, and this one takes a little more serious role in the film. He is in a film called When I Find the Ocean, and he talks about that and a lot more. So stand by for that interview coming up shortly. We also have our poll question on our website, onscreenandbeyond.com. And we're looking to see what you think will win Best Picture at the Oscars this year. Not too much time left, so you got to go to the website and tell us what you think. Also, people are sending in suggestions for interview segment uh, guests. And if you would like to get in on that, just send us an email with somebody that you would like to hear us try to interview. Can't guarantee we'll get them, but, you know, we'll try. Uh, email us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And uh, we'll see what we can do about it. Uh, You never know what's going to happen. And we have got some good people coming up. We've had some great guests, and we are promising we're going to have some great ones coming your way. So stick around for those for now. And we're going to move into Remake Madness next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness. It continues, of course, and it looks like Ridley Scott is jumping in on that. He's moving to make a remake of the Robin Hood story. Now, he's trying to cover it up by calling it Nottingham. This time, it will be from the point of view of the Sheriff of Nottingham, starring Russell Crowe. Look for a 2010 release on that one. And rumors abound that Johnny Depp and Sean Penn will play two of the Three Stooges in the Farley Brothers remake of the Three Stooges. Of course, it seems that almost every film is rumored to have Johnny Depp uh, tied to it, so we'll have to see about that. And there's a possibility they will remake the defunct TV show Veronica Mars into a movie. Now, nothing is definite, of course, but we will keep you posted when we hear more. And that's about it for Remake Madness. Coming up next, upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, as far as upcoming movies, it looks like Eric McCormick and Dan Lauria uh, will be starring in a 50s-style sci-fi movie called Alien Trespass. It's opening on April 3rd. It takes you back to the days of the old cheesy alien and sci-fi fun movies. Well, look for it to be in limited release. Look for Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman in The Baster. Aniston will play a woman who wants a baby and Bateman as her friend in the comedy There's no release date yet on that one, but we'll keep you informed on that. And Kim Cattrall will have a new movie coming out this year called Miss January. 
It's a comedy which also stars Brian Dennehy and Dustin Ingram. Brian Dennehy will also be in the film with Helen Hunt called Every Day. It's a comedy about a New York couple in a romantic crisis. Look for release this year. Coming up next, it's down to Sequel City right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City. Well, Tyler Perry is looking into making a sequel to Why Did I Get Married, which starred himself and Janet Jackson, and they're going to be calling it Why Did I Get Married 2. And we told you already about the Sex and the City sequel as it uh, was re- as soon as it was released, we were telling you about the sequel that was going to be coming. Uh, and now it's official, and all the contracts have been signed, and uh, now things will move along their way. And Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, may be getting a sequel. It is currently in development, which means that they could be, might be, or are working on it. We'll let you know as soon as we find out. Coming up next, TV on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. TV on DVD, well, it looks like Make Room for Daddy Season 6, Volume 1, arrives on DVD on February 24th. Also on February 24th, look for My Wife and Kids Season 1, as it comes to DVD for the first time. And 7th Heaven Season 8 makes its way on shelves on March 3rd, and we have a review on that on our webpage for reviews, uh, TV reviews, so you might want to check that out on onscreenandbeyond.com. And uh, ER, the complete 10th season, arrives on March 3rd with 6 discs and 22 episodes. And it looks like Nash Bridges, the second season, with 5 discs, 23 episodes, and 1,072 minutes, comes your way on March 3rd from CBS Paramount. And also on March 3rd, it's My Two Dads, Season 1. And that's a 4-disc set with 22 episodes. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, Movies on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD, well, S. Danko with Elizabeth Berkley in a sequel to Donnie Danko. This uh, film follows his sister's story on April 28th. Also on April 28th, Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway in Bride Wars makes its way onto DVD. Kim Basinger, she stars in While She Was Out. It's about a housewife forced to fend for herself in desolate forest with four murderous thugs. Arrival is April 28th for that one. And finally, Yonkers Joe with Chaz Parmentary, about a con artist couple whose lives are turned upside down when they become guardians of his Down Syndrome son. And that comes out on May 19th. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next, we have an interview with Bernie Casey. He's a very, very interesting gentleman. It's unbelievable what he has done. And, and he's so well-rounded, you know, athletic and, and artistic and uh, an actor and... and everything he's done you got to hear this one because uh, he talks about his new movie that's out and uh, he talks about a lot of the the favorite movies that people have uh, seen him in over the years and uh, just so much going on in his life hope you stick around for that one it's coming up next right here on on screen and beyond 
My guest today on On Screen and Beyond is a NFL pro football player turned actor. He has played in a variety of roles in movies and TVs, including Felix in the James Bond movie Never Say Never Again, and that had Sean Connery in it, and the U.N. Jefferson he played in National Head of Lambda 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 Fraternity in Revenge of the Nerds, and John Slade in 1988's I'm Gonna Get You Sucker from Keenan Ivory Wayan, and many more films and TV shows. Uh, he's also an accomplished painter and poet. It's Bernie Casey. Welcome, Bernie. My pleasure being here. Thank you. Now, there's so much to cover because you do so many different things, but uh, why don't we start with your most recent film, When I Find the Ocean? Well, When I Find the Ocean is a family-oriented film. It's a very good film that speaks about integrity and friendship and uh, during a difficult time of 1965 in Alabama, and we know of the difficulties that were ensuing with that cultural existence. Mm -hmm. It's about a young white girl, 12 years old, gets lost in looking for her father. Hence, uh, when I find the ocean, he was in the Navy, and he went away and did not come back. And she thought that if I find the ocean, I can, in fact, find him. And she runs across, uh, doing her difficulties, on that sojourn, uh, my character named Amos, who is a tugboat captain, and they form a, a rather fast friendship, and he um, protects her from the difficulties of her journey. And the cast in that film is uh, quite a cast from what I was looking at here. Quite good, yes, quite good. Um, stars Lee Majors and Diane Ladd, myself, Graham Greene, Amy Redford, um, some, some really wonderful actors, and, and uh, we enjoyed doing it. We, we shot it in, in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Now, so it's available on DVD, I understand? That's correct, yes. Yeah, and uh, like on Amazon and other other locations? Yes, sir. And uh, how was it doing that film, you know, going back to that time? Well, it was really quite interesting because we reenacted the crossing of the Edmund Pettus Bridge, mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, was quite a, a difficult moment in that these people got beat up and attacked with um, troopers on horseback and it was just um, it spoke of the times and how that all manifested and it was um, quite sobering to reenact that yeah I'm sure now has this film been in film festivals also I don't know sir um, I, I could not answer that I'm sorry yeah no problem now uh, as far as your football career um, now, you played for the San Francisco 49ers? A thousand years ago, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, I played during the 60s, and I played for them for six years, and the Rams, when they were, in fact, in Los Angeles mm -hmm. for two years. And you were in quite demand when you first got into the NFL, because you were a first-round draft pick, right? Well, you've done your homework, haven't you, sir? <laughs> yes. yes. I was a first-round draft pick out of uh, Bowling Green University in Ohio. Uh-huh. It must have been a thrill being one of the top draft picks in, in the NFL. Well, it's quite flattering, but it was never my dream. It was not my raison d'etre to be um, a pro football player, so I had other things I wanted to do, and just by happenstance, I was a big, fast, agile athlete, and so one thing led to another, and I made All-American and All-Star Games and all of that stuff, and was chosen in the first round draft for mm -hmm. San Francisco when I played for almost a decade. Yeah, and you also made the Pro Bowl, too. Yes, sir, I did. Yeah. 
Wow. Now, I understand when you were in college, you played football? Yes. But you were also quite a, a track star, too, right? Boy, you have read your, your material. I think that. <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, I was a, quite a track enthusiast, and I find that that's still one of my favorite sports. So I, in 1960, some an old fellow, <laughs> <laughs> I was fourth in the Olympic trials in the high hurdles, and the first three went to uh, the Olympics. Oh, okay. Just missed the Olympics. Well, see, that, that was one of the questions I was going to ask if um, you were had any Olympic aspirations that when you were, were doing because I know you were yeah, in college, you were one of the top hurdlers uh, in the 120-yard high hurdles, correct? That's correct, and, and, and one of the better in the nation. And wow. um, so I was, I, I gave my best shot, but I wasn't quite fast enough. And 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 the the hurdlers who went one two three in the trials went one two three in the Olympics. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. So you were in <laughs> you were in good company when you were doing that. I was. I wow. was on a fast track, as they would say. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, now, in, when you were in football, you were a, a wide receiver. Yes, I was a wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. Now, how did you get about the move from going from football to acting? Well, you know what? I I was always a cinephile, so I went to movies all the time. And I would sit there in the dark theater and think to myself, I could do that. Hmm. I could do that when I was a kid. Yeah. And I can recall having, um, when I was a teenager, I saw Sidney Poitier in a film called Blackboard Jungle. Yeah, a great actor, yeah. Yes, and he, he was a, played a high school student, a recalcitrant and, and a difficult existence in a, in a New York high school, and I was mesmerized by his facility and um, and inspired. Now, myself, at that time, I was about uh, 14 or something, mm-hmm. and by happenstance, I mean, life has its own trajectory, I end up, fast forward, in San Francisco to play for the 49ers, mm-hmm. and I took a, an acting course at night from the University of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so I was, um, my appetite was whetted in that um, exposure. Yeah. So then I was traded to the Rams. Whoa, here I am in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I, I studied with a wonderful drama coach uh, named Jeff Corey, who was a terrific actor himself and a marvelous uh, drama coach. And so, uh, rather unceremoniously, if you will, I went out and auditioned. Even though I was a football star, I, 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 they gave me no favor. I went out and auditioned for a role and got the first one called The Guns of the Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sequel. Which was a remake of The, of the Magnificent Seven. Oh, a remake, okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they did three of them. And, and the first one was quite wonderful, and then they did two other ones, which were not so wonderful. But <laughs> <laughs> that was my first experience um, on the big screen and, and acting. So that's how I started. Yeah. Now, um, I'd just like to go over a couple of the films because you span a very wide, you know, people forever. will know you from football. <laughs> I span forever, right? What, what, what I mean is, uh, you know, some people will know you who listen to the show will know you from football. That's some true. will know you from TV. Some will know you from movies. That's true. And then others will, until I say the movie, they'll say, oh, okay, I know, I remember that. <laughs> um, 
But uh, you were in one of my favorite. It was a movie, but it was a TV movie, Brian's Song. Brian's Song, oh, yes, of course. That was Bertie uh, Williams, myself. Um, oh, my God. Wonderful actor who played Brian Piccolo. James Caan. James Caan, yes, thank you. Yeah? Yeah, and that was a wonderful film. Yes. I, I thought it was such a good TV film, they released it into the theaters. Oh, they okay, I didn't know if they had or not, but I, I, I always enjoyed that film. I thought it was, a, I mean, talk about a tearjerker. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah. based on a true story. I mean, I, I, I knew Gil Sayers, I knew Brian Piccolo. I mean, we all played during the same time, the same era. Oh, so you really knew them, too. Yes, absolutely. That must have been hard doing that film, reliving it again. Well, it was because Brian Piccolo and James Con was wonderful. I mean, he really captured that fellow, and, and Brian was a well-liked guy, and Gail you know, Sayers was a, a terrific, terrific athlete and very shy. Mm -hmm. so it was a, a nice um, buddy kind of connection there. And yeah. It really uh, touched um, Gail's heart tremendously um, when... Brian died. He, he was he really suffered because they were very good friends. Yeah, yeah. And now, uh, anybody who's a James Bond fan will remember you as Felix in uh, Never Say Never Again. Felix Leiter. You know, uh, they that character reappears all the time. Mm -hmm. um, the government agent. Yeah. And um, so, so the last two Bond films, it was played by a man's name won't come to me. Um, but one time it was a woman. The first one was Jack Lord. Oh, really? Yeah. So that guy keeps appearing. The the, the yeah. American agent keeps appearing. Felix Leiter, and yeah. so it's, it's in the continuum. Yeah. So I, I did one one of those um, journeys. It was really interesting. He shot it in six, four different countries, and and at that time I shot it with Sean Connery. Right. Yeah. Some will, will, will contest and say the best Bond ever, but I'm sure that's up to conjecture and people's different. Um, taste on it because we've, we've seen five bonds. Yes. But I, I'm, I know I'm partial. I, I tend to think that Sean was the best one, too. I agree with you. I, that's <laughs> how I feel, too. But <laughs> now, um, now you, you do, you've done drama. You've done action. But uh, another one a lot of people remember you from is, I mentioned it earlier on the introduction, is um, U.N. Jefferson in Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah. That was so funny. We shot that in Arizona, and it was just a wonderful take on a very silly premise uh, of these uh, nerdy guys who no one wanted to be bothered with. They weren't mm -hmm. the cool kids. Yeah. And so um, it was about their conflict on a campus where they wanted to get into the fraternity, and nobody would, would, would want them because they were not cool. Yeah. So uh, that was um, the underbelly of the story, but it was funny working with those guys they were terrific young men yeah. and you played the part so well that you, you know as the the national head of the fraternity <laughs> yes and in the national black fraternity so they, yes. they could not get into uh i think they wanted to be a sigma chi's or something they couldn't get in so they came to us to, to to get into a fraternity so they could then get into the inner fraternity council mm -hmm. and possibly create and make change um for oncoming students yeah so that was part of the conflict and yeah of course they were rebuffed at every turn <laughs> <laughs> um then in 1988 you played another comedy called i'm gonna get you sucker now that one was really funny and you were a star on that one right the, the lead time. yeah yeah but we had a great time doing that one yeah jim brown and isaac hayes and god bless him he passed away uh, a few months ago and um 
Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, and Keenan Ivory Wayans is a really talented director and a funny writer. So we, we had a ball. We just acted a fool all the time. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's a, a funny <laughs> Now, were you friends before that with uh, Jim Brown? Oh, yes, absolutely. He was, he was my, one of my heroes. When I was in college, he played for the Cleveland Browns, and he was just it. I mean, he was the best running back ever, and to me, still is. Mm-hmm. I think that all running backs measured up to this very moment are measured by the excellence of Jim Brown. Yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. Then uh, one other one was uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You played the <laughs> yes. history teacher. Yes, with uh, Keanu Reeves. Yes. Yeah, and he was just beginning. Yeah. I knew he'd be a star. I said, that guy's going to be a star. You could you could tell? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, of course, he became a big star. Yeah. And then uh, in TV, you, uh, you know, you've done a lot of that, too. Uh, back in uh, 83, you did the Bay City Blues, which I think is a TV show that was ahead of its time. I do, too. I yeah. agree with you. Um, and it was a Stephen Bochco project. Yeah. He was a brilliant, brilliant writer and a producer and a terrific guy. And uh, we were um, a baseball team was sort of struggling to, to keep its dignity and head above water. And I played an aging uh, coach star in his last years and was an influence to some of the uh, younger players. Mm-hmm. It was a really interesting cast too. And out of that came Sharon Stone. Yeah. Um, who else? It was a big cast, so I can't remember them all. But it was really something. Yeah. And then you also have a, a slice of the Star Trek history in your running through your veins because you're in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I played in a, a commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, I loved all that space speak, I call it. <laughs> all those, those paragraphs of stuff you go, what did I say? <laughs> it was all about the galaxy and this and that and the stars and the ships and the stuff. It was just, uh, that was, that was, um, great to do. Yeah. Now, being, you were only in a few episodes on that show, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, even being just a, a part of it, do people still approach you as, and knowing you from Star Trek? Do they, does that yeah, happen? Because, you know, there are a lot of Trekkies. Yeah. Oh, well, yes. That's, <laughs> and the, I get fan mail from all over the world still. Wow. God, that was 20 years ago or something. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, there, there are a lot of Trekkies and they go to those, those uh, conventions and, Exchange all this data and stuff. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's because different people I've interviewed, they 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 may have a piece of of Star Trek in their their resume, and and it's everybody seems to know that person, even if it were one episode, and they were the guy standing in the back. You know, very true. <laughs> yeah, and they, they 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 write asking for your autograph, and they'll send pictures to be signed, and you go, when where did you get that picture? <laughs> It'll be you know in, in your sort of space uh, garb, and yeah, 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 and um, now you also, uh, your talents never stop because in uh, 97, you wrote, starred, directed, and produced a movie called The, the Dinner. Yes, that was really quite um, an enterprise, and we really enjoyed that. It was a very, very intellectual film. A lot of things were covered in that that had to do with um, contemporary issues mm-hmm. of, of, of education and class and race. And uh, gender, it was, it was, it was fascinating. And I wore all those hats, and I'm glad to say that, that it came out quite nice. Was that your first trek into doing all those things together? Yes. What did you find it difficult? Well, yeah, I, I, 
I wore a lot of hats, so I had to look at a lot of things all the time to be sure that we were all uh, functioning on all cylinders. And yeah. That's quite um, exhausting. Oh, I'm sure. Jeez. I mean, uh, you know, it's hard enough to do one thing, but yes. <laughs> to do all. Now, um, what a lot of people may not know is you're also a very accomplished painter. A painter? That is first and foremost in my um, journey, mm-hmm. life's journey. I mean, I have uh, three degrees in fine arts. A bachelor, a master, and a PhD, and, and it is just um, what is my heart's desire, and I've been doing that for um, 45 years, and I have had more than 40 single-person shows and shown all over the world, and wow. are in major collections and museums and um, collectors. So it's, it's that's been really, really uh, reinforcing and substantiating. Yeah. Do um. Do you have like a website or anything where you sell these, or do do, do people can they can they get paintings? I sell them in, in shows when I have it at galleries. I don't just at galleries, yeah. I don't do websites. You know what? I'm really a dinosaur. <laughs> I, I'm I'm resistant to all that. I don't know why, but I don't I don't uh, blog and text mex and uh, all, none of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if you want me, call me. <laughs> so I know I should really get up and get into the. 21st century, but gosh, it's just, uh, I'm flummoxed by it. I am just stymied by all of that. Yeah. Now, you are also a poet, too, correct? Yes. Um, years ago, I, I did uh, three books of poetry, one for Doubleday, which was uh, quite good and sold well for poetry because that's not a big seller, but it, it, they sold out. I mean, really? Wow. Print, yes. Yeah. Now, is that still available that people can get that? Well, it's, you know, I, I find that it's a collector's item, and now and again, Someone will, will buy one at a at a book sale or something mm-hmm. because it, was, it came out 1969 or 70 or something. So it's like a collector's item. Yeah. And I, and I say, well, what's what's it sell for? And they say, I think when it came out. Now, mind you, we're talking about many years ago. Yeah. I think the book was about uh, six or seven bucks. Yeah. Now you can get it for like twenty five dollars. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Well, I mean, it, it just amazes me the, the the amount of things that you do. I mean, you know, you're an athlete, you're an actor, you're a producer, director, painter. I mean, you you seem to be endless in your talents. <laughs> well, I have, I have been. Um, uh, there are those who have flattered me and said this is a Renaissance man. So I I am flattered by that, and I welcome that, and uh, and I keep trying to do it better. Well, Bernie, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I am glad to have been here and chat with you, and I hope your listeners enjoyed it. And keep looking, because I'll pop up again. Well, a nice thank you going out to Bernie Casey for taking the time to talk to us. His DVD is out. It's When I Find the Ocean. It also stars Lee Majors, the $6 million man, Diane Ladd, and George Lindsay, who was Goober on <laughs> on uh, Andy Griffith's show. And it's a very family-friendly film, and it's set in the 60s, and it tackles uh, issues of racism and all sorts of different things. It's a good story. You might want to check it out. It's available on Amazon, of course, and uh, other video locations. And you might want to check that one out with Mr. Bernie Casey. And also, we want to remind you that you can go to our website, onscreenandbeyond.com, and uh, place your your vote, or whatever you want to call it, on our poll question, what will be the best picture of the year 
for the Oscars. Okay, we have the list of the ones that are nominated. You go ahead and pick which one you think. And uh, there's, what, just a few more days before the Oscars, so you might want to do that quickly. And we'll see if uh, the listeners of On Screen and Beyond can come up with the correct movie that wins. All right, we'll see what happens there. Also, once again, I want to thank all the people who have been sending uh, emails to us uh, with suggestions or just to say hi uh, from all over the world. We uh, love hearing from you. Go ahead and send us something. Just, you know, just say hi if you want. But uh, if you have a suggestion of somebody you would, you would like to have us interview or try to interview, we have to, of course, try to make arrangements for these things. But if there is somebody you, you uh, have an interest in and would like us to try to um, interview, uh, let us know and we'll see if we can find it. Uh, you know, if we can make a connection that will allow us to interview these people. And we have some great ones coming up, so stick around because we are going to have some that you are just going to love. So I guess that's about it for episode 36. We will be having uh, episode 37 coming up very shortly. Not not too quick, but uh, it'll be coming up. Uh, uh, we've had three this month, and uh, who knows? We may get a fourth one if we have to, but uh, you never know what's going to happen. Um, let's see what else here. Oh, yes, coming up soon, we'll be traveling to uh, California Independent Film Festival in April. And uh, those of you that are going to be heading out there or... Uh, if you're you know, in that area, you might want to head over. We will be there on Screen and Beyond. Uh, we'll be there and uh, talking to people and interviewing uh, filmmakers and uh, all sorts of different things. So we hope to see you there if you get a chance. That's uh, April, I believe, the 15th, 16th to the 19th in Livermore area of uh, San Francisco area, that area. And uh, there's information if you go to the California Independent Film Festival website, and we'll give you some more information as that comes up. Uh, so we want to keep you informed on that. So uh, until next time, I hope you'll be listening to us on episode 37. Till then, take care.